Good evening everyone. Welcome back to Autumn Waves. This is your host Autumn and you are listening to Love Potions by Christina Jones. And this is chapter 17. George took a deep breath and walked into the Winterbrook Advertiser's Chrome. Glass and fresh glass and fleshy plant reception area. She had driven around and round the treading estates narrow roads for what seemed like hours putting off this moment alternately feeling sick then immediately furious with herself for the feeling how pathetic was she no correction how pathetic had Marvin made her why should doing something as simple as this make her feel so inadequate so damn ill she had to keep reminding herself that if she gave in to her nerves at this point she would have simply let herself down no one else there was no one else in the equation just her and her self-worth if she turned tail marvin and his years of demining and vicious bobs would have won this may be the biggest wild goose chase in the world but she would stood up to marvin and on her own feet at least twice already this morning might as well go this far and uh, to the majority of women women with normal lives and confidence and a grip on reality this would be absolutely nothing wouldn't it walking into a strange office asking to see someone other women did this sort of things all the time without even thinking about it well then so could she couldn't she glimpsing herself in the plate glass she nodded with some small satisfaction she didn't look 
cowed or bowed, or some sort of sad chipper. She looked exactly what she was this morning. A middle-aged woman, neatly groomed and safely dressed, if a bit pale and rather insignificant. The reception area was empty, nowhere to hide. Josh swallowed. Good morning, can I help you? A woman of about her own age wearing a light blue cardigan and a tweed skirt smiled kindly behind the sleek beach and silver desk. Do you have an appointment? No time to turn and walk away now. No, not really, Josh returned the smile. This was a good sign. The receptionist was not intimidating or ultra-glossy or about 12 or glow to stop challenged. This was normal. The editor, um, Mr. Brewster, rang me earlier. I said I would pop in and see him. My name is Jocelyn Benson. I wrote the article for this week's paper. If she had expected the receptionist to leap to her feet, grab her from across the desk and hug her with screams of adolescent normally, reversed for the name of the winner of Nobel Prize of Literature. She would have been very disappointed. Did you? How nice. Rang you, did he? Benson. Huh. Can't see anything mentioned in the diary here. Just hang on. I'll give him a buzz. Josh hung on and the receptionist buzzed. You're in luck. He will be free in about five minutes. He will buzz you down. Do you like to take a seat? Thank you. Josh retired to some rather strangely shaped beechwood chair, which were surprisingly comfortable and, while waiting for further buzzing, gazed at the ranks of silver-framed photos on the wall. She had expected a newspaper office to be more, well, gritty and exciting. All wheeling machine, constantly ringing phones, and masses of people rushing about, shouting a lot, maybe. All that went on somewhere else, unseen. This was like being in the foyer of an anonymous, well-appointed company anywhere. 
Photos were not even called from the advertiser. They seemed to be of the stuff. Like they were in Hazy Hazy's health center. All taken at the same time, with the same lighting, and the same background, and the same coy smiles. The photos of Mr. Brewster, the editor, who had sounded like Jeremy Paxman on the phone, looked exactly like one of those interchangeable politicians who used to be wanted in the charge of the Conservative Party. Pleasant, pale, and slightly balding. George thought it was almost unsatisfactory. And now, her nerves were starting to get the better of her again. Her palms were sweating, her mouth was dry. She had never done anything like this before. Her life was so regulated. What on earth was she doing here anyway? It would not matter what Mr. Brewster said to her. She would still have to go home and live her sad life with Marvin. Wouldn't she? In fact, she might as well do it right now. She herself made her way across to the reception desk. I'm sorry, I don't think I will wait. The receptionist was on the phone and waved her fingers. Right. Yes, she is here. Right now. I'll send her through. She put her phone down. Mr. Brewster is free for you now. Were you saying something? No, nothing really. Josh felt sick to her stomach. No, thank you. Where would I go? Following the direction, she walked slowly along a couple of cloned glass and chrome corridors past closed which may or may not have housed the wiring man newspaper office she had expected There was certainly no signs of anyone's shouting Hold the front page! Or enthusiastic cup reporter tearing off with a coffee in one hand and a notebook in the other hand to capture the latest local scoop. Mr. Brewster's office was 
as the receptionist said at the end of the second corridor. He answered her knock with a Jeremy Paxman bark. Josh walked in and almost smiled. This was more like it. Well, almost. Piles of newspaper, albeit very neat and looking piles covered every surface cutting bulged out of files on the shelves two computers wailed with Winterbrook advertiser screensaver three spiked note holder leveled leads current possibles and dead bristles with pieces of papers like miniature Christmas trees. The pleasant, pale and bolding, Mr. Brewster sketched a smile and indicated that she should take a chair. Mrs. Benson, nice to meet you. Nice article, but I must say that there was absolutely no need for you to come to see me. Yes, there was. Josh smiled back at him for various reasons. I don't want to discuss whether you wanted to talk to me about at home. Mr. Brewster raised a sandy eyebrows but made no comment on her personal circumstances. I actually did not want to talk to you about anything. Josh's spirits plunged. No, he continued. I'm sorry if you thought I reconsider giving you a regular job as a freelancer. Although, of course, I'll be happy to look at anything you care to send in ad hoc. But I have salaried journalists to cover everything I need on a weekly basis. Yes, of course. Josh fiddled with her finger to sting Marvin's wedding ring round and round. As she always did when she was nervous. I didn't expect, but you did say... That I had a query for you? Yes. Mr. Brewster flicked on one of the computers and ex expertly scrolled through various screens. Ah, oh, here we are. Now, someone rang me about your article this morning and asked if we could put you in touch. Because of the Data Protection Act, normally I could not give the caller your contact details. All I am allowed to do is pass their details onto you and allow you to make the next move or not. Josh sighed. Josh sighed. Oh, right. Is that all? It's probably someone wanting 
to join the Kangan trip, in which case they had to contact Topsy, um, Mrs. Turvey, in badly it. Or if it was to do with the aromatherapy massage, then Suki Ambrose would be able to help them. I don't think they want to contact me at all. The phone rang somewhere. In uh, one of the office, other office, someone shouted and someone laughed. Maybe not, Mr. Brewster looked kindly at her. They certainly did not tell me what they wanted. Just asked if you could contact them. As the author of the article, you never know. They might run some little country magazine or something and be looking for someone to fill a local correspondent, correspondent role. And as I say, we could have discussed this on phone. No. Josh shook her head. Believe me, we would not. And I didn't, I did need it to come into Winterbrook anyway. Well, she had just to escape. Look, if you just pass the details to me, I will ring the person and see what they want. And then make sure either Topsy or Suki gets them. And thank you anyway. This has helped me a lot. Has it? Really? Mr. Brewster looked a bit bewildered. But printing off the details from her screen there we are. Just a name and a couple of phone numbers. No email address. Apparently, the caller don't have any internet communication. Neither do I. Just Josh took a piece of paper. The name? Mr. F. Fabian meant absolutely nothing to her. She would somehow expected it to be a woman. Oh, the first number is local and the other I presume is a mobile. I don't have one of those either. Mr. Brewster looked as if this was inconvincible but said nothing. I wonder. Josh leaned forward slightly if I might make the call from here only well making it from home would pose also difficulties Mr. Brewster sighed and well yes of course he pushed one of his desk phone towards her yes of course I will pay, naturally, Josh punched in the local hand landline number 
with shaking fingers. She never liked ringing people's mobile in case she was interrupting them from doing something vital. It rang out continuously. Oh, I don't think there is someone here. Try the mobile then. Mr. Brewster sighed again. But please make it snappy. <clears throat> it took Josh three attempts to get the sequence of the number right. Then there was a silence. Should she hang up? Had she got it wrong again? And then the ringing began. On and on and on. She was about to put the phone down for the second time when a voice answered. Hello. Um, Josh started. Her mouth was too dry to speak properly. She tried again. Um, hello. Is that Mr. Fabian? Speaking. And who are you, Doc? Josh felt a bit better. The voice was warm and full-on Buckshire. Jocelyn Benson, I am at the office of the Winterbrook Advertiser. I wrote the article about the can-can dancing and the aromatherapy and uh, bingo! The voice bird happily. Thanks for ringing back so quick, Doc. Lovely bit of writing, by the way, right? When can we meet? Um, well, I mean, I don't think you want me to meet me, actually. Maybe you need to talk to someone who can help you more with the details about the dancing or the massages. Maybe, Doc. Maybe. But first, I would like to meet you to get the bigger picture. You're free tomorrow? About two or thereabouts? Yes. But can't we do this on phone? Not my way of doing business, Doc. I like face-to-face, hands-on. If you see what I mean. The Berkshire burr dissolved into throaty laughter. So, we on for two? Tomorrow then? Oh, I don't know. Josh locked down and looked at her wedding ring. 
then heard Marvin's voice in her head. She swallowed. Yes, yes, two o'clock tomorrow will be perfect. Lovely duck. You know Winterbrook, okay? Do you? My office is right next to the bank on the high street. Green door. Got a name plate. You can't miss it, alright? Josh hesitated for a moment. Mr. Brewster was looking as if he wanted her to finish the call and leave. Quickly and at least Mr. Fabian Mr. Fabian even if he was some sort of closet Lionel Blair or had got completely the wrong idea about the massages had not suggested that she should come to his home, had he? An office meeting was surely safe, wasn't it? And Marvin would absolutely forbid it. Very well. Yes, tomorrow at two. Smashing, Jack. Look forward to it. Bye. Josh put down the phone, feeling, goodness, what did she feel? Scared? Excited? Daring? Or sick? All of these and more. She stood up and held out her hand. Thank you. I am very grateful to you. Are you, Mr. Brewster, still looking perplexed, shook her head. Well, they shook hands. Well, good. Good. I hope everything goes well with your meeting. And glad to have helped. And don't forget what I said about sending in more articles. For no money? Josh almost grinned as she reached the door. Just by line. Isn't that what you called it? We will see. Thank you again. Beamed at the receptionist, she walked out into the trading estate, balmy golden glow. On the other side of the state, Suki pulled up outside the Winterbrook joinery and stared at three sprawling buildings with interest. Nice, very nice. Prosperously looking, spacious and well-kept units. Several cars parked in the vast yard area outside. 
including dairies, milky chip, and a very impressively liveried nameplate. The two larger units had their roller doors open. It appeared one was a workshop and while the other was was a showroom of sorts. The third small unit was must be the office. Helping a bouncing gem unfastened his seat belt and opened the car door. Suki grinned at him. Do you want me to come with you? Or are you okay on your own? Help me here, Jim. I am not Amber. I don't want to insult you or do the wrong thing. He winked at her and held out his hand, cocking his head towards the workshop area. Okay. She took his hand. I will walk in with you, deliver you safely, and oh, hi. She blinked as Derry appeared in the workshop doorway. Oh God. Her heart went into overdrive. He was wearing age-bleached jeans and a black t-shirt with a faded logo. His blonde hair was untidy and multi-streaked in the sun. He was truly the most handsome man she had ever seen. Hi, he grinned at them. Amber just rang to say you were on your way. I would have driven around the state to collect Jim myself. But she said you had already left. He looked at Jem. Lucky sod. Two gorgeous women performing escort duty today. Jem said something in sign language and gave Derry the thumbs up. Yeah, right. Derry grinned. No chance, okay? You go in with Polly, he indicated a sturdy elderly man walking towards them from the workshop. And make a start. I'll be along in a minute. You will know what you're doing today, don't you? Jar Jem nodded. Tell me, Suki. Jem made 
flapping movements with his elbow. Then linked his twisted fingers together. Suki frowned. No, sorry, Jem. I'm no good at this. Try me again, please. Jem repeated the performance this time, flapping his arms behind his back. Wings, tails. Suki has zoroed it. Birds flying. Jim shook his head, going through the routine more slowly. Twice, Suki drank, drinking up everything she knew about woodwork. Suddenly, had a light bulb moment. Dovetails. You are doing dovetail joints. Jim jumped. and punched in the air capraded on the spot and threw his arms around suki and kissed her and then holding polly's hand walked slowly and carefully across the yard nice one derry smiled at her you will have made his day I would have felt terrible if I had got it wrong. She admitted, and this she looked around the units. This is very impressive. Thanks. Are you in a hurry, or would you like to have a quick guided tour? Even if she would had half the royal family and the entire England football squad waiting impatiently for massage, at Pixie's laughter, Suki knew she would have replied the same. No, I'm not in rush at all. Right answer, Derry said. So, how are things going with the aromatherapy stuff? Brilliantly, thanks. She walked beside him, hardly aware of his body, the way he moved, the clean, warm, working man, smell of him. Fully booked for the week ahead, or did you mean the dancing? That blew me away. Derry laughed. If that was a rehearsal, I can't wait to see it for real. Same for old blokes, just in it for a glimpse of stocking tops and suspenders. Yep. What else? They grinned at one another. Oh, help! Suki thought, "This is so wrong." And no more trouble. 
with Aunt Cora's love potions? Not what you call a trouble, no. Although everyone has said that they have felt something has happened to them after they have had a massage and there have been a few reported um, unlikely license. Really? Derry chuckled. Good old Cora. They had reached the doorstep of the workshop and Suki inhaled the glorious scent of sawdust and raw, fresh timber. Several men were working at a massive benches with what looked like terrifying circles, saws, and other whining, screaming machinery, sending showers of what she imagined must be chips of oak and ash and cherry and walnut skittering into the air like maniac, sweet-smelling snowstorm. We are really busy at the moment, and there is shouted about the noise. Ton of, tons of orders. I will have to take on more carpenters. I'll need a couple of good lads as apprentices this year too. Suki suddenly wishing she had done woodwork at school and washed and the craftsmen somehow maneuvering the great hulks of wood, checking, drawing, measuring, slicing the finest silver off, planning and sanding. It must be wonderful, starting with well trees and through age-old skills ending up with something handmade and beautiful. Oh, not that trees aren't beautiful, of course, but... You don't have to come over all environmentally friendly here, Derry said, his mouth closed. But he was close, too close to her ear. And we only use sustainable timber. Come and have a look at the samples. And Jem, sitting at the bench with ever watching Polly, glanced at her and blew her a kiss. She blew one back. I'm glad that Jim is so happy here. He got a natural talent, Derry said as they moved along the yard to the next unit. He loves working with the wood and he has infinite patience. And despite his coordination belong, 
to not being so great when it comes to walking and his hands may not be functioning in quite a normal way he will sit for hours and produce the most amazingly delicate stuff better than i have ever could it was kind of you to take the time to find out though not kind at all dairy green it was not an act of charity although i hope i am a nice enough person but we are bloody lucky to have him he came here initially because louis is a mate of mine and jem needed a work placement but now on the but he is on the payroll now the blokes love him as much either and we could not do without him lucky lucky chain suki thought they had walked along to the next unit the sangol scrunched under their feet and the sun was increasingly warm and the sky was a glorious pale cloudless blue Siki gave a little shiver of enjoyment it was almost being at the seaside in here there he said standing back to let her into the showroom area first i keep all the catalogued pictures and photos of stuff we produced and sample a wood and some mock up furniture of course and the apprentice cabinets the what apprentice cabinets he said no they are not somewhere we lock away our nvq kids at night they are considered old fashioned now i think but i still like the newcomers to make them because there is no better way to learn they are small scaled down items of furniture and boxes and stairs practice runs for every woodworking skill but they also come in handy to give potential customers some idea what we can do suki moved around the showroom still inhaling sawdust and fabulously natural smell of sap and fresh cut wood admiring the beautifully enhanced grains and the colors and the textures of the exquisitely crafted pieces wow she looked at the catalog of photos on the wall these are absolutely amazing did you really make all of these with the little help of my friends of course 
Derry did this, tending clothes thing again. Yep, most of these are my designs, but I'm always open to suggestion from potential clients. Most of them know more or less what they want. I will just advise and then translate their ideas hopefully into something that pleases us both. You're brilliant. Suki shook her head. Do you know? I have no idea. I'm really sorry, but I thought that you went out onto the building side and probably nailed bits of wood together to make door frame or ceiling joint or something like that. Oh, I will do that too, Derry said cheerfully. No job is too big or too small. Well, and I thought there would be a plate over the workshop door saying established in 1804 and something Suki moved a little bit away from him, afraid that he would hear her heart thundering under her t-shirt. But this is all yours, isn't it? Not inherited. All mine. Risky to set up at first, but we flew very close to the wind to start with and Derry ran his long slender fingers lovingly across the table with crises crossed veneers in several different woods. Of course when I started the most of the peoples were setting up small businesses in technology and IT the safe way towards it in 21st century my bank manager nearly had a feat where i told him i wanted to set up my own company using traditional skills from over a thousand years ago but he believed in you and back too, eventually. Eventually, yes. <laughs> With a million get out clauses and uh, for the bank, and even more millions of dire warning of what would happen if I fail. The first couple of years we made no profit at all and only just broke, even after, well. By word, a mouth just thing grew, and now he smiled at her. And now the bank manager sends me a Christmas card and invites me to his parties. Great stuff, Suki laughed. So in a way, I suppose we are both working with 
ancient wisdom, aren't we? He nodded, pushing his hair away from his eyes with unselfconscious gesture that had started to hunt her dreams. I would say we got a lot more in common. Yes, we are very hands-on, working closely with our customers, creating magic from nature. They looked at each other for a fraction too long. Um, Suki swallowed. Mila must love all these. Mila has never been here. She is not really interested. This is not her sort of thing. Any more than corporate willing and dealing is mine. Still, Suki said, breaking her own heart. You know, they say about opposite attract and that's all. Yeah, that's that's Derry nodded and you don't get more opposite than Mila and me. Sorry to cut this short, but I really ought to be getting back. Make sure Polly and Jame are okay. Yes, of course. I should not have kept you this long, although I could spend ages here. So could you? Derry smiled. But we both have businesses to run, don't we? They walked back in the sun across the beach-like shingle towards the workshop. Above the scream and whine of the machinery, James waved at them and winked. Thanks again, Suki said, fishing her car keys from her bag, for taking time to show me all of these. I have loved it. Me too. Derry nodded. Look, Suki. Derry! Paul had walked to the workshop door. Sorry to interrupt, mate, but you need... We need your input here. I'll have to go. Derry turned away from her. See you soon? No doubt. And thanks again. She slid into her car, started the engine and turned slowly in the yard. The last view she had of Derry was through the open workshop doorway. He was sitting next to Jim at the bench, leaning close to him, explaining something, making him laugh, guiding his hands with infinite patience. Ah, oh. Suki groaned, retching up the plinkety-plonk radio music to teeth vibrating level. 
Oh, damn. And bloody sounded. By the time she had turned on the treading estate exit road, she still felt dazed and confused and irrationally restless. The current accompanying blast of Bay City Roller's summer love sensation made her feel even more worse. And now there was a bloody beach hatchback ditching in front of her and signaling to turn out the Winterbrook advertiser car park across her path. Stucky, furious with herself for being silly enough to fall head over heels for someone who not only could never ever love her in return but was also forbidden fruit fought the urge to give a sharp blast of her horn no point in taking it out on other people instead she slowed and flashed her lights. The driver of the hatchback raised her hand in acknowledgement, then Suki was surprised, changed the gesture to wave, stopped her car and rolled down the window. Suki! Josh Benson called across to her. How fortress! The very person. Have you got a moment? Suki pulled over and switched off her engine. <clears throat> this must be her day for rescuing damsels in distress. Hi, Josh. Are you okay? Josh looked. Suki thought rather flushed and flustered. Well, yes. Josh slid from her car and walked across to Suki. At least, I think so. I've just done something rather daring. Suki listened smiling despite herself. A Josh enthusiastic retailing of the whole story, reminding herself that for someone as bro-bitten as Jocelyn, this was indeed a hugely brave step to have taken. And George finished. I was going to ring and ask you if there was any chance of a massage to relax my stupid nerves and give me, well, maybe a bit of confidence for this meeting with Mr. Fabian tomorrow. Oh, 
I know it must sound really silly to you, but it's probably a wild goose chase anyway. But I really need something to make me feel well less petrified and Suki smiled and nodded. I understand, believe me. I have got the very thing you need. It's not a massage as such, but some oils absolutely guaranteed to give some empowerment and confidence. Hang on. Suki climbed out to the car into the sunshine and carried her aromatherapy cases from the boot, opening them on the back seat and watched by several passing motorists who has no doubt that they were witnessing some sort of desperate housewives drug dealing. Here we are. These essence will do the trick. I promise you. Now. Yang Yang, but I have got a jasmine substitute which is just as good. This is one is lavender and the rose. Here is actually Hawthorne, which is basically the same thing, but only at a different stage. And I can use this myself. Josh took the tiny gem stone stopper bottles. Are you sure? Absolutely, Suki agreed. They are all used in massage oils, but in case all you need is to add them to warm bath just before you leave for your meeting. Four drops of jasmine, three drops of lavender, and one of hot run, okay? Relax in the bath. Close your eyes. Inhale the fragrance as they blend in the stream. Imagine yourself being confident when you meet this. Okay. Um, Mr. Fabian. And you will be everything you wanted to be. Honestly. Josh beamed. Fabulous. Thank you. I'll let you know how it goes. I mean, I expect it will be you he wants to talk to really, but I'm sure this will make me feel so much better. She slipped the tiny bottles into her bag. Four drops of one of these three drops of that and one of this. I remember, okay. 
Thank you. And how much do I owe you? Nothing at all, Josh. Suki grinned. Honestly, Josh, I'm just delighted to be able to help. And don't forget to let me know how it goes, alright? Good luck. Josh hugged Suki. You're wonderful. Thank you, and of course, I will let you know what happens. Suki watched Josh practically skip back into her car and drive away with a huge smile. Ah, uh, well, at least with her lotions and potions, she had solved poor Jocelyn Benson's problem today. And the card schools, and Ellen's, and indirectly Amber's, and James. But if only she could concord something which would deal so easily with her own problems. And that is it for today's episode I'm really aware that it's a very long episode till now it is the longest I reckon so here as we saw that Suki was able to solve everybody else's problem and was able to help everyone out but she was so lost when it came to her own trouble, her own heart and her own feelings but she knew what she wanted. Now, she needed to decide what she would do about it. And my advice to you and to myself is, we should always be true to ourselves, to our heart, because we need to know that what we really need is our own understanding and our own support and our own courage to make something happen that we truly want and in the end it is the very true that we deserve the very best for ourselves, the safety, the love, the protection, the respect, the financial advantage and everything. And with a little courage and with a true self, We can make it happen, always, 
So I would like ourselves to trust in us because that is the first step of every journey to trust ourselves and as per today i will bid you guys farewell so thank you so much for being here and please trust yourself okay good night and i love you Thank you.